So I grew up in Wisconsin in a suburb of Milwaukee, and it was everything that a suburb is, like a deconstructed city. It loses everything that makes a city like nice. It loses all of its walkability. It loses all of its like neighborhood feeling. It loses all of its individuality. Like my suburb is full of eight to 12 lane roads and just pavement strip malls as far as the eye can see. And they're all like all of the different chains. I grew up in a family of like introverts, so we didn't necessarily get up to much. Um, So for the most part, like when we were at home, it was just my brother and I. Up until like high school is when we did that thing where we grow apart before we grow back together again. Um, you know, I had this one group of friends that I made in middle school, like the core group, all the way through the end of high school. If I went and hung out with someone, I hung out with them. School was difficult. Elementary school specifically was difficult in a way that like I couldn't have articulated at the time. I mean, like it was the kind of bullying that is so hard to like pin down and then like address. Thing. I'd like put my head down on my desk and they just sit there and talk about me and how stupid I was and how silly I was being and you know kids are kids and kids are mean I'm not even sure like at the time I would have realized I was being bullied because we had all of those like anti-bullying seminars or whatever like but because it never looks like it does in those things you never at least for me I'm not even sure I realized that was what was happening until I was older probably like sixth grade and by then then the bullies are smarter I was very much like your classic, like tomboy. Weirdly, in a way that like I've never fully unpacked, I preferred having male friends in elementary school, probably because it was mostly the girls that did all the bullying. <laughs> I was on like the co-ed soccer team up until I was told like, you can't really be on the co-ed soccer team anymore. You know, I wanted to stay on it. I was going to grip my teeth and be like, I could totally keep up with the boys, puberty be down, but I switched over You know, later when I ended up coming out, it was, I think, really difficult for my mom to understand why I was something other than just tomboy, because the way that she thinks about gender is very not defined. You know, when I said, I don't want to wear makeup, she's like, I don't, I haven't worn makeup since you were born. And I said, I don't want to wear dresses. She's like, I haven't worn dresses since you were born. So like, it was actually kind of difficult in that way to explain to her why I'm transgender, because it felt like everything I said to her, she had already sort of discarded internally anyway, which is like, great. Like, I'm happy for her. But also, it's not quite the same. <laughs> so my transition feels like, in retrospect, like it was very messy. It's such a difficult thing to like figure out and define and, and go through. Like you're looking for some sort of definitive proof for yourself as much as for everyone around you who you also need to prove that this is true too. For me, it started with my sexuality because I knew that that was the, I mean, I grew up in a a mildly homophobic and a very transphobic household. So that was the thing that I accepted easiest first. Yes, it's okay for people to not be straight. And so I knew I was some flavor of queer, but I sort of like cycled through sexuality labels. For a long time, I couldn't figure out what was missing. It was not my sexuality, but my gender that I was searching for. It started sophomore year in college. I had been like a irregular, like casual member of the LGBTQ group on campus. And at that time it was led by, at the time at least he identified as a trans man and just sort of like watching 
him do gender and listening to him talk about his gender, I think started unlocking aspects of myself that I hadn't previously like had access to. And I also did a lot of personal growth in other ways. So I did the whole go to college, become a leftist thing. Absolutely. Um, it's not because of cause, it's simply because I no longer lived in a house that listened to Fox all night. My first and like primary social media was Tumblr, <laughs> which like reads a very specific leftist queer like kind of audience because I was there for other things but you know the exposure to those ideas over time allowed me to mature and become more open-minded and realize the world was not the way that I had been told it was so all these things sort of like came together and I started exploring my gender I bought my first binder fall semester sophomore year one of the things that had made me decide I wanted to you know, buy a binder, transition at all, was um, I experimented in the mirror with just like, just with my hands compressing my chest. And that was such a specific and like evocative moment of euphoria that I, just, I did it over and over. I was so like delighted by the idea of wearing a binder, you know, having top surgery. It was so alluring. Um, it's actually wearing a binder for the first time for me was actually kind of a funny story because they sent me the wrong size by accident. <laughs> it was one size too large, but I still managed to get stuck in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was just really comical. <laughs> um, and, and a friend of mine had to come get me unstuck, which was just kind of like this like moment of, you know, ridiculousness, but, you know, being able to laugh at something that can be like, so like emotionally charged is also really good. So I remember that memory very fondly. So I bought my first binder and then I went to Cambridge as on a study abroad trip, like almost immediately. Um, my mom and I actually had a big fight about what clothes I should bring because my brother, he dresses very nice when he wants to. He's taller than me now, but at the time he was about my height. So he like gave me a lot of the things that he wasn't wearing anymore. And we had sort of had this like evening when it was just the two of us in the house and we like pulled out all the stuff that he was going to give me. And like he, I tried a bunch of different, different stuff on to see what fit and he like taught me how to like wear them and stuff. I was just like experimenting with the idea. And I think we both like really enjoyed the opportunity to do that together. And so I had a, when I was packing to go abroad, I had a big argument with my mom about bringing a bunch of that stuff. And she didn't think it would like look good on me. Sort of like girls shouldn't wear guys suits sort of way. Um, went to Cambridge, introduced myself as my dead name. Less than a month later, I went out to the professor who ran the program and I was like, actually, <laughs> and he was really supportive. Um, like the next day or he and his daughter and I like had a meeting to sort of talk about how I wanted to go about like addressing it because I was this you know this baby queer and I had no idea how to do anything how to tell people to, coming out for the very first time is so hard we had these like name placards that we put on our doors that had like pictures of places in Cambridge and she had remade mine with Sawyer on it because she wanted to make sure that I felt comfortable and and welcome and included it was one of the like first moments of joy of you're here for me and this is who I am and I get to have this and experience this and, and share this in a positive way and uh, I got to come out like socially in this little bubble there were like 12 of us um, and I came out to my significant other she had known that I was experimenting with my gender so this wasn't a huge surprise for her <laughs> um, all of my friends took it really well and I came out to most if not all of the rest of the family it's always difficult 
Some people took it badly. Some people took it really well, and I knew that they were going to. I am the godparent of um, one of my cousin, my cousin's first kid. I was like concerned about all of that. And in a very like characteristic of her kind of way, she was just like, okay, what do you want my kid to call you? And like what, what your relationship to her should be. And okay, you know, thanks for the visit. Please come back. Like, like not in a push you out the door kind of way, just in a, like not a hurdle, not even like a, like a curve that we have to step off of just that we're still going forward. Like we can roll with this. You know, as part of the community, I've heard a lot of stories about people who transition partially or transition only to a few people decide not to socially transition at all. But for me, it was very much like I'm an all or nothing goal oriented type person. So like by the time I was done, like experimenting with the idea, I was like, OK, well, if we're going to do this. We're going to fucking do this. Like, let's go. <laughs> I came out on Facebook, I came out to all my professors, and you had to email the professors and be like, this is my name, and these are my pronouns, and I look forward to having class. Jesus Christ. I had this friend who's like a year or two older than me. I think she's a year older than me. She went to Madison, and she's like, oh yeah, when you introduce yourself in class, everyone just tells you their pronouns. No, they don't. <laughs> Your experience is not universal, but by God, I wish it was. <laughs> a lot of people told me that coming out as trans is harder than coming out as gay or bisexual or whatever sort of in the parents will take it worse kind of way which I found was true I had come out as not straight probably about three or four years previous when I was in high school I told my mom by herself George he had this like weekly he'd go to a bar and play cards with some guys and so I told her well he was there normally I'd go pick him up because like obviously he can't drive um, but mom went and picked him up and told him I had gone to bed at this point but when they got back he came in and I don't remember the word he used told me he was angry disappointed whatever that I hadn't told him to his face and I always wanted to tell him never did that his response was the reason I didn't tell him to his face but I told him I was a guy to his face and he left when I was done with my little spiel he got up and walked away you know, okay, you need space, fine, whatever. I sort of cajoled you into listening to me and I knew you were having a shitty day, but it never got better. It only ever got worse. I call my dad George by his first name because that's the half of the family that I'm estranged from. And I decided that if he wasn't going to call me by my name, then I wasn't going to call him by his, his relationship to me. My mom, she's done the work. Like, I don't know if you'd say like she understands, but she accepts. It's something that I can like talk about with her. It's not something that we need to like pussyfoot around. And our relationship is actually really good. Uh, I remember her telling me several times, like when I was in like high school, college, that her worst fear was that her kids would grow up and never want to speak to her again. So I think she was like extremely motivated to get over it. My mom is still with George, which I, only recently realized like, how difficult that experience is for her. Whenever I go back to my hometown, I have a friend who still lives there um, and this friend's mom adopted me. I have, I have three mom because I've got my, my biological mom, I have my adopted mom and my in-laws. So I go stay with my adopted mom and her daughter, my friend. But while I was in town, my biological mom and I went and got lunch and she talked a little bit about how difficult it was for her to have a relationship with me because I guess he told her that he doesn't want to hear about me ever anything so it's like who are you gonna have lunch with and she lied my mom's getting older 
she wants to plant flowers in her flower bed and she's not like really physically up to being on her knees all day. So she wanted to invite my partner and I back to do it for her and she can't. So it's really difficult. Trans is a thing that I am, just like redhead is a thing that I am. I view them as both like immutable facts and they have like shaped my experience. You know, they're part of my identity. I'm a man, I'm a trans man. I also want to do gender the way like which lesbians do. It's all like a big circle and it's just labeled masculinity and I just sort of like pick and choose. For a long time, I was really happy to be trans because I felt like being female was like an experience that I valued, but also like it's not nice to visit, don't want to live there. I remember telling another trans guy that I just wanted to have like a positive experience with my gender, like a, a place or a thing or an event where I like experienced my masculinity in a positive way. <laughs> I grew a beard during the pandemic. I said no, and I went, no one's going to see my face for, you know, weeks, months, whatever. Perfect time to try to grow a beard. And I have never shaved it off. Cis guys come up to me and they're like, your beard is so good. And I'm like, fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> when I first transitioned, I felt like a lot of pressure that was both, I mean, I think it was internal, but it was sort of motivated by external factors to be as masculine as possible and forego everything feminine. I think, you know, since I have attributed to, at least in part, the desire to prove to people that I was a guy, and so I did things like throw out all of my nail polish and throw out all of my makeup and all of my like high heels and all of that stuff. And I've since come to regret a lot of those decisions because I had a really big nail polish collection and that was a waste. <laughs> and I want it back because I want to wear them. <laughs> um, <laughs> it feels like a, a pendulum. Like I swung very hard in one direction because I felt like I had to, you know, slowly over time my, you know, my life has stabilized. And as I've learned more about being queer and, you know, the, the concepts of gender, gender presentation, like I've been able to incorporate some of those like things that are traditionally considered feminine back into my life. And I really enjoy them. I, I was a pirate for last Halloween and I bought heels that were probably like this tall. They were big, like motorcycle boots. And I was so enthusiastic about them. <laughs> I have only ever worn them on Halloween and I love them so much. I need another excuse to wear them. It's been nice over time to reaccess the things that I lost in this process, not because there's something wrong with the process, but because there's something wrong with everybody else who makes the process weird. <laughs> you know, sometimes as I got older, I'd find myself wondering how I would be different if I had been assigned male at birth. But also, you know, as a queer person, I get to inherit such a vibrant and diverse and incredible community I think I value that more than anything like you know my elders the people who've come before me like living in community with other queer people whether they're trans or not has just been such like a, a positive experience for me that I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be part of it and I'm happy to be queer and I'm proud to be queer